0: If you were here last Sunday morning, we talked about how does Christians get trapped and they get trapped by the word of God. That's how they get trapped. So this morning, I told Gail, I showed a little clip that somebody sent that John MacArthur said. He said, you really want to see a, a true church, turn off all the music, turn on all the lights and stick a man up to a Bible and let him preach the gospel. We've almost forgot about evangelism. Now we're in the entertainment business. I'm not really here to entertain you. I'm here to evangelize you with the good things of Christ. So for a few moments this morning, I want to take a little bit of time with you, and we're going to talk about the body of Christ. Now, not this morning, but we, I want you to understand, there is a universal body of Christ, and then there's a local body, and they're not the same. Because the universal church or the universal body of Christ, it means that there are people scattered all over this world that accept the headship of Jesus, they're obedient to his word, they're obedient to his spirit, and and they may be, you've never seen them before. You'll see them when you get to heaven, but it's not the same as a local church because a local church, you can have people that are here that are not in agreement with the teachings of Christ. So you may have people here in a local church, but they may not be connected to the headship of Christ. They're just here because of the fringe benefits. So one Wednesday night when most of you are gone, I'm going to talk about that. That way it won't hurt your feelings. So, 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, verse 12. This is the message translation. And we'll begin. You can easily in us see how this kind of thing works. Lurking no further than your own body. Your body has many parts, limbs, organs, cells, but no matter how many parts you can name, there are still only one body exactly the same with Christ. So, we're going to go back to square one because sometimes that we, we say things and, and we repeat things, we don't know why we say or repeat. So I told you a few weeks ago, for you people that are, have been here for a long time, you've probably heard me say a lot, but there's people here that are new that needs to know this information about the body of Christ and who they are and why they are and, and the qualifications of it. And don't get offended. Turn to somebody and say, you should have been here next week if you got offended. But we're, we're going to separate these into two categories. The first one is the skeleton, the body of Christ. Now, we understand Jesus gives us the reference in Luke 22, but we're not going to talk about the sacraments or the Eucharist. We'll get to that on Wednesday night. So the Apostle Paul, you see, this is a good-looking guy here. Acts chapter 19, verse 9 and 10. Let's show the verse, and we'll go back to this. The Apostle Paul is in Ephesus. He is writing to the church of Corinth while he's there. So when divers were hardened and believed not, but spake evil of the way before the multitude, he departed from them and separated his disciples, disputing daily into the school of Tyranus. Verse number 10, and this was continued by the space of two years, and so that all that which were dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. Go back to the verse before that the school of Tyrannus. The Apostle Paul is in Ephesus. He's been there for about two and a half years. And the Bible will tell you the word disputed means we come to blows. There's a fist fight breaking out because the Jews are not moving. So the Apostle Paul is trying to teach the principles of Christ, and the Jews now got to the place where they're so mad that as they did Jesus in Luke chapter number four, is that when Jesus said that, he that sits in your mess, I am he, And they got together, and they were going to throw him over the cliff, the same cliff that they threw James, the apostle, over, the first pastor. They threw him over a 65-foot cliff. That's what a board will do to you if you're not careful. Now, the apostle Paul, while he's in Ephesus, he's writing the letter to the church of Corinth, and for two and a half years he's been there disputing daily, trying to trying to teach the principles of who Christ is. And the Bible says, finally, they had to wind up into the school of Tyrannus. The school of Tyrannus was a medical school in Ephesus. So they wouldn't allow the Apostle Paul to teach anywhere in the synagogue. The Jews got together and said, he's banned. And this is what I want to tell you right up. There was no large groups of anything at this particular time. There were only only undercover churches, secret churches. They, they were small things. So when you think about the first church, don't, don't confuse it. We've we got this great, massive movement going on because it is not because of the opposition and the threatenings that's going on. And the Apostle Paul was one of the ones that began this, and it's continued to escalate. So there's no huge gathering of the teaching of Christ. What he's doing is he's going in small meetings, small places, because when Nero and Rome found out about it, they would be executed. So now then they wind up in the school of Tyrannus. And Tyrannus was a medical school. And by definition, it's a morgue. It's a medical school. Tyrannus was a medical school. And so what happens is they had school during the day. So the apostle Paul took the basement at night when everybody's gone. And he held meetings to a few people. No large crowds, a few people. And he's preparing them for the worst to come. And while he's writing this, that, that he's, he's writing a letter to Corinth, and he said, I wonder what all that I can say in this letter. And all of a sudden, go back to the photo of the skeleton, and all of a sudden, he sees in this morgue, he sees a cadaver. It's one of those ta moments. And the Apostle Paul this says, this is a wonderful visual aid. Nothing like this has ever been heard of before. Matter of fact, the church to Corinth was written before the Romans church, even though Romans is in front of Corinthians in your Bible, but Corinthians was written before Romans. So now then, this is something new to them. They've never heard this term, the body of Christ before. And even though in the New Testament it's mentioned 22 times, but he's looking at this cadaver and he said, this is it. This is exactly the body of Christ. So the first category is in the skeleton. So he's in a morgue, he's downstairs, he's by himself, and he's trying to get a sermon. And every time they they kick up the organ, it smells like formaldehyde, you know. And so he's looking at this cadaver, and he said, this is the greatest example of the body of Christ that I've ever seen. And it's weird. So first of all, I want you to know that the average bone count, and I'm not a doctor, is about 206. Is that right? Give or take. Well, I mean, give or take, whether you you want a monkey or you're a real human being, whatever the case may be, 206. But I want you to know that none of these, matter of fact, I want to show this, but none of these bones were designed to snap together. They're not Legos. Turn to somebody say, you're different. In all 206 bones of the body, they're all different. They are not Legos. They're not designed to snap together. If somebody is different than you, get over it. They're supposed to be. Now, there's a scripture we're going to talk about. There's no perfect fit in the church. You can't come and say, oh, I fit perfect. No, you don't. We talk about you when you're not around. You're weird. <laughs> Some of you come in here and wear lime green tennis shoes. I don't know why you do that. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15 and 16, it says something like this. But speaking the truth in love, that you may grow up into him all things, that which is the head, which is Christ. Verse 16 from whom the whole body fitly joined together, compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, making increase in the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Thank you for shouting me down, those two verses. So go back to the previous verse. He's he's, he's giving him an idea of what the body of Christ is. And see the word, but speaking the truth in love, what's this, that you may grow up in him. It's basically one Greek word, and it means in proportion to the head. Do we have a picture of a stick man? Does anybody besides me see something different about that? (laughs) Jamie, you're supposed to say yes. There's, There's something weird about this. You know what it is? The head is in full shape, but the body is premature. You see, the fullness of the head, which is Christ, in him is all things, omnipotent, omnipresent, all-knowing, omniscience. He's all-knowing. And what he's saying is, is that our responsibility is to speak the truth in love that you may grow in proportion to the head. Not the Assemblies, not Pentecostal holiness, not First Baptist, Second Baptist, presbyterian vegetarian that's not what we're talking about we're talking about the reality who jesus christ really is and his fullness not only his death burial and resurrection but who he is today by the holy spirit and my job is to grow you into proportion to the head that there won't be some big head and some little bitty body So when you understand that, sometimes it's not the fact that I'm impatient with you, it's just the fact that when are we going to grow up in proportion to Christ? What he says, what he is doing. And so when you kind of get, go back to the scripture, and you kind of get this in verse 16, this fitly joined together and so on and so forth, then you go, well, it says fitly joined together. Well, I'm glad you asked. So here's the real definition of this. And not holding the head from which all the body by joints and bands having nourishment and ministered, and being knit together increased with the increase of God. So he's giving you an idea of what's going on here. See the word joints and bands. These are what we refer to as, as ligaments and sockets. When I said that the skeleton does not snap together, then what holds the bones together? Something holds the bones together. If they're not snapped in together, then what holds the bones together? And the Bible says joints and bands. Christ is the head, but what holds us together in it's joints and bands? So the joints means sockets. Every bone has a socket. But Paul is giving you an idea while he's writing this about this skeleton but the word bands means tendons and ligaments. So by definition, and I'm not a doctor, but I played golf with a doctor one time, a ligament is a tissue that connects the bones together. The bones are in a socket. And the ligaments hold the bones together in place. But the cartilage of it is a tough elastic tissue between the bones. So you're saying, what's the big deal? So we have a bone here. And they don't snap together. You don't, there's no perfect fit. You and I are not going to see eye to eye with one another. It'll take you a while to figure out I'm right and you're wrong. But besides that, we're going to get close. The bones are close. We're close. So what holds us together? He's telling you bands and sockets. We're so close that there's tendons and ligaments that not only hold the bones together, but they hold the muscle together. Tendons. So what happens is that the important part is the cartilage. It's just tough elastic tissue, what's this, that is in between the bones so it won't be bone on bone. Now, I, I, I'm not trying to give you a, a medical school definition. I'm here to wake you up to the fact of this. We don't have to be exactly fitly join together. It's never designed that you and I agree on everything. But God has placed us in a place of sockets where we can come to agreement. But the thing that happens is, is this cartilage represents who Christ is. It keeps us from rubbing bone on bone. Has anybody ever here had a bone on bone experience with your body? I know Brian has. How fun was that? Was it fun? It hurt, didn't it? When the cartilage is removed, you become bone on bone. See? So here is the idea that he's telling us that it's possible that we can come together with different likes, different styles, different tastes, all these things, as long as Christ is the head of everything that we're doing. And in him, we're receiving nourishment and nutrients and, 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 and the influence of God in our life. We can come in here with different likes, backgrounds. We can talk funny like people come from Boston. We can talk like funny like people come from North Carolina. I mean, we talk funny. And why, how is it possible that we are connected together, even though that we don't snap together? It's because that it is the love of God that holds us together. Now here's the, here's the side part of that. But when Christ is not completely surrounding us to soften or cushion or to absorb the impact of other peoples, these people are a pain to be around. In 33 years, I've had people of the body of Christ that will come in here and they are a pain to be around because it's bone on bone. And I kind of wrote this in her. They may have Jesus in their heart, but they need him in some other places in their lives. Oh, I know, I know you're confessing Christ, and I'm glad for it, but you know what? Every time I get around you, I, I just, I mean, there's something about you. I just can't be around you long. You're either angry, or you're mad, or you're, you act like you're mad, or you're pouting, or I don't, I don't know what's going on with you. I mean, I think you live under the umbrella. This is a church house. If you're having fun, quit it. And you know what it basically is, is that we can get to a place that he's telling us that the body of Christ, we're not meant to agree on everything. But one thing for sure, if Christ is the increase of the knowledge of of what we're being nourished by, that if we will get Jesus more than just in our heart and get him in our lives, that even though we get around people that doesn't look like us, we can still get along. Thank you. Don't shout me down. Because after 30-something years of it, I'm telling you, I've had my fill, and I know exactly what I'm talking about. You're a lot easier to get along with when Jesus is all over you. Turn to somebody and say, you're not the easiest person to get along. Go ahead and tell them that. I don't care. I know you're afraid too and you don't get this concept and I do because I know most of you think that you're perfect. Well, here's the bad news. You're not. And you're not God's gift to this church. And we're having to do everything we can to even tolerate you some days. coming in here mad. coming in here dragging. You want me to work you up and all these things. I'm telling you, we can all get along and be a part and grow as a healthy body if we allow Christ to be the cartilage in between what holds me and you together. So what we don't agree, but Christ is the thing that keeps us from becoming bone on bone. So that's a good thing. So here's what we need to do every morning. We need to get up and say, God, I know, I know Jesus is Lord in my life, but I may need him when I go to church today because I'm gonna to have to be around you know who and you old knew who and I, I need I need I need Jesus when I go to Walmart. Huh. So I'm not going to ask you for a show of hands of people who have been around bone-on-bone people, but there's just some people you go, my gosh, I know they say they're part of Christ, but every time I get around them, it's a bone-on-bone deal. I'm just telling you, we need to be saved. Not only soteria, but we need to be saved sozo, mind, soul, and body. For you people that just think, well, I'm saved going to heaven, well, wonderful. But the word sozo means mind, soul, and body. Jesus wants to be the buffer. Jesus wants to be the cartilage. Jesus wants to be the tendons. It's in him that not only holds us together, but it absorbs the impact of when we rub shoulders. All right? You got that? Absolutely. Somebody didn't turn the air on. Turn the air on. Jamie, you didn't turn it on. So, so now then, the second one, go ahead and turn it on. Turn it down by 60. So now then what happens is the skeleton this is the skeleton part. We're not designed to snap together. Anybody here come to Church Christ Church? Don't be embarrassed. I'm not going to laugh at you. Baptist, Assembly of God, Presbyterian, Lutheran, no church. And I know there's a lot of people gone this morning. I know there is. I can look at it. but You know that. What? What? Then how can how how can we have a church for thirty something years here? It's it's more than just the same doctrine just—it's It's, just, it's, it's got to be more than just the same religious experience. We're all connected to the head of Christ. And that's all that really matters. And that's all I want to do is be connected to Christ. And I want him to nourish you, and I want him to encourage you, and I want us to grow together in proportion to the head that we can all get along, that when we leave this church, we don't look like a bunch of stick people that's immature and underdeveloped. We want to grow in him. And we can get along because Christ is the thing that only holds us together, but he's preventing us that bone-on-bone experience. Amen. The second one is the skin. We're going to call it the skin. So this verse is found, and it's a funny. I think Brian talked about this, 1 Corinthians 12. Let's, a few weeks ago, Brian gave a message, and he kind of talked about this, but this is found in 1 Corinthians 12, 15 and 16. And he says this, if the foot shall say, because I'm not the hand, that am I not the body, and is therefore not of the body. Verse 16. And if the ear shall say, because I'm not the eye, am I not the body, and is therefore not of the body. We have two conversations going on here. We got got the hand and foot, and we got the ear and eye. The foot is complaining about the hand and the Ears are complaining about the eye. One is seen, one is unseen. So what happens is that you get a conversation between a part of the body that's not being seen. Long hair, a tunic, and the ear is complaining about about, about the, the eye. The ear says oh, they don't make ear makeup. The ear says, it's not fair because I never had anybody say, look into my ear, dear, and tell me that you love me. I mean, that's, they don't do that. <laughs> well, nobody lets me on stage. Nobody lets me sing. I don't get to do anything. All they want me to do is stand at the door and greet people and haul people out here. I don't get to do nothing. I don't get to play piano. I don't get to... it got sound like a bunch of why don't it? See, this is nothing new. This is this is nothing new, what's going on in this earth. The thing that is not seen is complaining about the thing that it is seen. And back then, women wore coverings and kind of like you see now. And so the ear is saying, it's not fair, it's not fair. And the foot is complaining about the hand. The foot said, no, nobody puts a goes to a wedding and says, now put this ring on the third toe of the left foot and say, repeat after me. Nobody does that. Nobody, nobody says, oh, what beautiful nails you have. Nobody, nobody wants to hold my foot. The foot says it's not fair. All they want to do is cram me in a nasty sock, walk on me with all their extra weight they gained over the holidays, and all I get for it is bunions, See? So you're going to say, well, surely that doesn't happen to church. Oh, nay, nay, it does. When the Apostle Paul writes this, he is so smart. The conversation the argument is having is things that are seen is being compared to the things that are unseen. And this is what I want to tell you. As the body of Christ, whatever that you do, whether it's seen or unseen by me or anyone else, it's seen by God. And just because we don't parade you up here and make you feel important, because I'll tell you, watch this. More people that I know in the ministry have drowned in seas of prosperity and recognition than streams of poverty and, and being hidden by God. Whether it be arrogance, narcissism, Absalom's own hair, be careful. I, I would rather just be small in the eyes of you and God, to, to account what I'm doing, my motive is right towards you. So just because we don't parade you up here, it doesn't mean, I mean, don't get the big, don't be disappointed. I'll tell you that, that, that God sees and honors what you do. All right? That's just the way it is. Okay, Corinthians 12 and 27. So this is what I want to show you. The King James says, so now you are the body of Christ and members in particular. All right. Now, this is kind of important to you before we kind of close this out. We we dealt with the skeleton. You, you You don't have to agree on everything. We don't have to lock together. We're not a perfect fit. We're not. So what holds us together? Ligaments. Tendons. Set in the sockets in the right place. And it is Christ that becomes the, the cushion that keeps us from rubbing bone on bone. That's, that's how we can tolerate one another, because it's Christ. But the skin part is, is not necessarily different, but it is. Because there's some, the Bible talks about, there's some things that are visible and some things on the inside that's not visible. But I will tell you, you've never personally seen my liver, but I'll tell you, it's there, I think. And you don't want to see my liver. So there's some things that that in the body, and he talks about this in the same thing, but we're all important, and we're all working together. But now you are the body of Christ, and you are members in particular. I'm going to give you two words in definition. I need you to write them down, especially these boys. that You're going to go into the ministry. The first word for members is melos, and it means to be separate or individualized. Jeffrey, you need to write these down. Jamie? When we use this term as member in the King James, it can be easily confused with a constituted group of people such as members of Congress or a Sam's Club member. Membership is the thought. That's very important. Because now today that we're not so interested in being born again, where the emphasis is we're a member of a church. So when the King James writes this, he said, now that you are the body of Christ and you are members in particular, the word members or melos has everything to do with, with, with an individual group of people. They're still individuals, group of people. And the concept is like members of Congress or a, club membership, whether it be golf or bowling, or we use the word Sam's. So I want to show you the same verse in about three different translations, the newer translations, and this is what it will say. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27, and I want to start with the NLT, please. All of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. We're trading members for parts. The NIV says, now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. We're trading Parts for members. The Message Bible says, You are Christ's body. That's who you are. You must never forget this. Only as you accept your part of that body does your part mean anything. We've traded part for member. So we're using the word part. And by definition, the word part means ingredient, a component, or a piece. So here's the idea. The reason why that the true translation is no longer member, because you get the idea that it's it's an individual. It's a concept of a group of individuals. And it's not. You are a part. Which sounds better? An automobile member store or an automobile parts store? Because when you hear the word automobile member store, you get the idea that we're inviting people that owns an automobile to be a member of the store. And when you see the term automobile parts store, then you got the idea that there's parts trying to make up an automobile. We are not members. We are not individuals. We are not doing our own thing. We're not Baptists, Pentecostal Wholeness, Episcopalians. That's not who we are. We are parts of the body of Christ. And when you understand that concept, then you'll understand that when you understand a member to the fact that most people feel like it, that I can do this on my own, but you can't. But when you understand this church is a part store, we need what you have to offer. Now, my wife is a classic year. She's a 55, and that's a classic. But when you understand this concept, when you come to this local church, this is a partnership. And people that think that they can make it on their own outside of a church, you're wrong. You need what we have, because your automobile will break down. I got a call the other day. This lady says, uh, I'm calling about your warranty on your 1988 gold pickup. That thing burnt down 25 years ago. So, what happens is, is that the body of Christ, when the Apostle Paul uses the term member, it's not a good term to the fact that this is some organization or some club. So, when somebody says to you, What kind of church is this? just tell them it's a good one. But it's not to the fact of being individuals, even though they are, we're parts. This is in partnership. It's a Greek word called koinonia. So here's a scoop. I need what you have. You need what I have. And even as insignificant as you think as Virgil Gaither is to you, you desperately need him. (laughs) Robert, I need you. And when you understand this concept of the body of Christ, then you you're going to begin to align yourself one with another instead of removing yourself and exempting yourself and saying to yourself well I can live with or without them I disagree I'm not saying that I'm just telling you you're better off with the concept of coming to this church being in partnership one with another agreed Turn to two people and say you know what I, I really need you I' The body of Christ is not an organization, but it's a living organism. And it's not a social institution, but it's a spiritual union. Connection with with God. It's not an organization. It's a a living organism. So he gives us this idea in communion that in Luke 22, here's the idea that he takes the loaf of bread, which was, he takes this whole loaf. And so what he did, he, he breaks it. He doesn't give them 12 loaves by themselves. He takes what the whole and and he gives them in part. You are the body of Christ. This is my body broken for you. And I will tell you that I was going to do it this morning, but because you ain't got time and nobody really cares. But I'll tell you that if we took a a piece of pita bread and broke in, in, in all the pieces of the peoples here and we put it back together, we still have a whole body. You are important. You are a part of the body of Christ. And we need you. We need everything that you possibly can bring to the table here. With be love and laughter, affection, courtesy, giving, we need it. I don't know about you, but if, if you looked around the car business, there's not very many new cars running around. Why? They can't get Parts. I don't know where these chips are being made. I think they're being made in Mars I don't know why can't we make our own chips why don't we have to leave it up to Korea why can't America make their own chips why can't we open up a chip store in Ardmore huh why is it stuck out in the Pacific Ocean on a crater I don't understand these things I mean if we can send a man to the moon I mean surely we can make a chip if we could get Virgil to graduate surely we can make a chip so the whole car industry, watch it. The whole car industry is at a standstill. Have you noticed this? Are, are y'all with me? Drive around. They got used cars. No new cars. Why? Because they can't get a chip. Steve, you got a chip in that 88 thing you drive? No, you ain't got no chip like a human that's something like a tank the whole new car industry is devastated because they can't get a chip in for the computers one thing and i will tell you and I tell Gayle all the time these these new car lots these new car dealers i mean they're used to making some money they make money but i'm gonna tell you right now they're hurting They're hurting bad. Real bad. Because of one chip they can't get. I'm telling you. You can have a whole automobile but missing one little chip that automobile's not going anywhere. We need what you have to go forward and move forward. Brandon, your song this morning was spot on. Thank you. We need what you have. Every card and letter you ever, every phone call, we need what you have because without it, we may be like the new car business. We may have an automobile, but we're not going anywhere. And God forbid we would have a building of a church and a group of people, but we're not moving forward. We're waiting on a chip. And I'm asking you this morning, who's in charge of the chip department here? Let's be more than just a building. Let's be more than just a membership. Let's be a living organism that's connected to the headship of who Christ is and let us grow together. Let us love one another. Let us encourage one another with respect and humility and decency and let's change our world one person at a time. Can we do that? I think we can. Father, this morning, thank you for the body of Christ. Thank you for every man and woman that's here today. And for all those that are not here, they're included in our prayer. We're different. We all have different likes. We all have different dislikes. We're all different different sizes and shapes, styles and music. All these things, we're all different. But for some reason, we're connected to the body. And it's because of Christ. And so first of all, Father, thank you because on my own and by myself, I can become very irritable and annoying. On our own and by ourselves, it's a bone-on-bone experience that we seem to lose our love for one another and our tolerancy for one another. And I'm going to ask you, would you please be more than just Lord of our heart? We need you to be Lord of our lives that we may be tender and compassionate, forbearing one another, loving one another, encouraging one another. And Father, second of all, that I pray that no matter where we go, that we want to be connected to what Christ himself is doing. So thank you for this local church. Thank you for these people. Thank you for this spiritual parts store that we can come together and assemble ourselves together that we may produce and provide a vehicle that may help other people move forward in Christ. And we just give you thanks for it in Christ's name. And all the people of God said, amen. If you're part of that place, give the Lord a praise offering this morning, would you? Huh? stand with me this morning. Turn about two people and say, even though you're different, I like you. Man, it wouldn't be the same without you. Communion service, please come. You know, for the first years of my going to church, I I was just (laughs) demanded that I had to look like everybody else and act like everybody else and The only thing that we've been instructed to do is submit our lives to Christ. Humble ourselves. Have modesty. Have integrity. Promote others. Be forbearing. Be patient. Be kind. because that's the process of Christ in us. Jesus sat down 2,000 years ago and he, and this is the first mention about his body, but he took the bread and he said, this is my body that was, will be broken for you, your broken dreams and your broken hearts and your broken lives, just your brokenness. Jesus Christ became broken that we could be whole. He took the bread and he broke it, and he divided it up in parts. He took the cup and he blessed it and he said, this is my blood that will be shed for the forgiveness of your sins. So here's the good news this morning, that we celebrate the the body and the blood of our Lord. And he's reminding us that we are the body of Christ, connected to the headship of Jesus growing in proportion one with another. Father bless this cup and bless this bread and help us to actively grow moving forward in Jesus name. Amen and amen.